Welcome. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock. And if I tell you that not only, uh, you know, it's Gary Nolan and Jennifer Bukowski, you would you'd think that was pretty easy to understand. But the word and can be complicated, Jennifer. <laughs> but we'll explain it all, won't we? Or yeah. maybe we won't. Yeah. But, or, and, yeah, that's uh, the words that the Supreme Court is going to be considering. Uh, the construction of uh, the statute for the uh, the act that was passed during the Trump administration, the First Step Act, uh, it said, look, you don't have to do the mandatory minimums, which is a whole other subject that we need to get into in depth probably as we head into the next legislative session in Missouri because I'm afraid they're going to try to bring back mandatory minimums in another by another name with their truth and sentencing plans. But anyway, the Supreme Court's considering uh, cases, including one out of St. Louis, uh, whether the First Step Act requires that you meet all three of these conditions in order to not have to do the mandatory minimum or if you only have to do one of them. Because it says and, but since it's in the negative, it's confusing and district courts have ruled differently on this. So this is what lawyers do. We sit there. Now the Congress could just fix this and clarify it at any time. But in the meantime, they have to like figure out given the plain text and the con- the construction and like how the paragraphs and everything are in relation to each other, whether and actually means or <laughs> at the end of the day. And it might. It might under these circumstances. So we'll have to wait and see how the Supreme Court rules. <laughs> you know, I asked listeners yesterday if there were, and I, and I shamelessly stole the question uh, from Fox News uh, TV show, The Five. Somebody had asked them if there was something that you could uninvent what would it be? And uh, several people said lawyers. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not casting aspersions at you, but I'm just saying. You know, they say that, but then when things hit the fan. When the excrement hits the ventilator. Need, people need lawyers, you know. Someone has died in your family. You need a lawyer to help you with that estate, don't you? Someone's most, been arrested. You need a lawyer because, to help you through that process. Mostly because lawyers wrote the rules that make us have to you know, jump through those hoops and contact other lawyers. Well, regardless, it's just a professional that's good at those roles. And so I think that it's when they say kill all the lawyers in that Shakespearean play, it's because lawyers would be the first to speak out against, like, dictatorships. Well, I used to think that anyway, but there's plenty of lawyers in the Democratic Party that seem perfectly content with uh, the way things are Headed, I, but, can't, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think Dale Roberts has a quote that's something like 97% of all lawyers give 3% a bad name. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so uh, we'll find out what and really means. Michelle Obama is going to collect $741,000 for a one-hour speech about diversity and inclusion. That's some big money for October a one-hour. Yeah, it's this big fancy tech conference in Munich, which is a fantastic city. But she is getting like nearly seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for a one-hour speech in this uh, at this what's it called? Pretzels and bits is I guess the translation. It's probably more alliterative in German. But uh, she's going to be talking about diversity and inclusion. Ugh. 
You'd have to pay me to go see that. But actually, I would want to watch it because there's been so much speculation and there's such a pipe dream on the left that she's going to swoop in and be the nominee over Biden. But I, I think a lot of people will be watching closely to the speech to see if there's any indications from it, whether that's something she's even contemplating. But I don't think like right off the bat, taking $750,000 to give a speech. I don't know that that's a great look to launch some sort of presidential campaign. So unless she's trying to cash in and make a bunch of money before she starts running, which she wouldn't have to run it under this plan, like that Ted Cruz said on his podcast the other day, they would just sub her out at the convention. She wouldn't have to run except in the general election, but her popularity, unlike Biden and Trump, actually her her favorables are in the 70s of, in America. So that is just something that a lot of these people running for president would kill for. And her name ID people would kill for, too. Like, everyone knows who she is. Most people have a favorable view. So she would be a force if she did want to get in the fray. But I've seen nothing, and I think you agree with this, to indicate that she would have any interest in doing that. Well, we talked about this this morning, as I'm sure you know, because I know you were listening. Never miss a minute of the show. I don't want to pay any more of those bills. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the question this morning for people who don't believe that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee is who do you think would be his replacement? And several people, uh, in fact, Brian, if I'm not mistaken, a majority of people said they thought it would be Michelle Obama. Yes, they did. Uh, I remain skeptical. Uh, because she hasn't been vetted. Uh, Nobody has really looked at her uh, politically. And I think it's getting a little late to suddenly, uh, you know, change candidates. So I I don't think she's the one. It would have to be in the next 60 days uh, if they are to have Biden drop out. And I'm starting to get the sense that after these double polls came out over the weekend showing him, like as many as 10 points behind Trump in a head-to-head match, that there are probably forces within the Democratic Party that do want him to drop out. In that case, you'd have like a four-way race with Elizabeth Warren, Squaw Warren, and Pete Buttigieg, and Kamala, and uh, Newsom, probably. And uh, Ted Cruz said that he thinks that in that kind of scenario, Elizabeth Warren ends up winning it. Well, there is... um this polling data that everybody is so excited about that we talked about this morning that shows uh, Trump smashing Biden by nine points. All of that, that entire metric goes out the window. If the Democrats can get somebody like Joe Manchin to be the nominee of the party, because at that point, the Democrats are going to get behind him because they're Democrats. Middle of the road people. I mean, Manchin's a likable guy. I'd love to sit down and, and uh, have dinner with the guy and talk uh, politics. I he, he's the one that's being courted by the no labels movement. Right. Which is another interesting development. Right. And I don't know who he'd be more of a spoiler for because he would have appeals to both Republicans and Democrats as being like, especially Republicans that are turned off by Trump. But well, a that, lot of people think that he would hurt the Democrats more. Well, and, that's my uh, point. If the Democrats were to get, conv- you know, if they were to wake up and say, you know, we need somebody left-leaning but moderately left-leaning and throw in somebody like Joe Manchin, I think the, all, of these, all of this polling data goes out the window because 70% of Americans don't want Biden or Trump. 
They're just deciding on the lesser of two evils. If they come up with a likable candidate on the left, Trump is gone. He will not prevail. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, I'm almost like, okay, Joe, hang in there. <laughs> because if they put someone else in, then our chances go way down. It's just his age. He's obviously not fit for the job and all the corruption and everything else that are making Democrats. But they might stay home. They might not go out to the polls. So I think that they are starting to worry on the left with these polls. And nobody on the right seems to be able to stop Trump. So he's going to be the nominee there. Well, like I said, if it's Biden and Trump, Trump might prevail. Good chance. But if it's Trump and somebody else that's more likable, uh, that appears to be cognizantly, uh, cognitively aware, uh, then then Trump is in, in trouble. Uh, because yeah, it, and I, I want to analyze, like, we, both of them are pretty old. I mean, Trump is definitely more vigorous. But, I mean, biology is biology. What is the timeline for, like, when a candidate dies versus receiving the nomination? What could be done to swap them out? Because there is a point, at least for the, remember, the U.S. Senate race in Missouri, where it still had to be um, Carnahan on the ballot, even though he was dead. You know, it was too late yeah. to change it. Uh, so what would be the process there? How long the swapping out process? I, I'd be curious to see that because Biden not might might not make it to November 2024 the way he's he seems to be declining so quickly. Yeah. Uh, Brian, at what point did you start to decline uh, in your elder years? Uh, it was uh, this last year, as a matter of fact. Last year. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll I, have to I, watch out. Are you sure you remember that? Uh, oh, oh. Uh, all right. Listen. Face pony soldier. Cole County judge has uh, rewritten ballot language uh, for six abortion proposals that uh, Jay Ashcroft, the uh, attorney general, had uh, had written. We'll kick that around next with Jennifer Bukowski on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 21 minutes after 11 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski is with us. And uh, coming up in just a minute, uh, Judge Beatum's ruling on, uh, uh, on whether or not uh, the ACLU attorneys uh, made their case on the, on the phrasing uh, that uh, Attorney General Jay Ashcroft used in uh, writing this uh, this uh, legislative thing. Uh, hold on one second. I just want to get something straightened out here before I go. Okay. Uh, all right. Two weeks after we heard arguments from the ACLU of Missouri, uh, attorneys representing uh, Anna Fitz-James, the physician who's named sponsor of uh, the initiatives challenging Ashcroft's ballot titles, uh, they got good news. Uh, Ashcroft's ballot titles and and uh, content have been rewritten. Jennifer, what do you make of all this? Well, Gary, <laughs> at the risk of voicing an unpopular opinion, Judge Beatum uh, is following the law, and his role is to see whether or not uh, the language that's used to describe things, it needs to avoid encroachment on the people's constitutional authority, authority, and it needs to have no controversial language or language in the summary that it needs to be devoid of bias, prejudice, deception, and or favoritism. So some of the phrases that he struck down from the ballot summaries include dangerous, quote, dangerous, unregulated, and unrestricted abortion. Like, 
uh, dangerous. I think putting that phrase in there it indicates like a position one way or the other as to how people should vote. They need to use neutral language, he found. Partial birth abortion. Um, unborn child is another one that he went. Uh, nullifying longstanding Missouri law is another one he found to be like it, too, uh, too much not being a neutral phrase, you know, that is trying to explain to the voter which way to vote instead of what the issue is. So this is fairly common where the judges will rewrite the language if they find that the ballot summary is unfair like this. But Ashcroft is fired up about it and pushing back and is planning to appeal this. And so we shall see. I also think it's interesting that the judge indicated in his order that the the proposed order from each side was supposed to be in by September 11th, and he didn't receive the order, the proposed language until, you know, a week late from the Secretary of State's office. I'm wondering about that. I mean, Jay Ashcroft, you know, I'm a huge fan of him, and I really am hoping that he wins the governor race, but some attorney messed up by missing that deadline. That probably didn't help their case to beat him. But I do think that some of these phrases, they they tried to stretch too far with them. They could have probably done so with more neutral language and uh, that they wouldn't have gotten thrown out. Just turn on the radio. Jennifer Bukowski with us. Before I throw you out of the studio, well, actually, you're not in the studio. You're on the phone. Uh, we now know which candidates are going to be in the second GOP presidential uh, debate. And... Uh, there are just too many of them. Somewhere along the line, somebody has to talk to these people and say, look, uh, you got a snowball's chance in Hades of prevailing, uh, so get out of the race and let, uh, you know, let people get behind one uh, candidate. But yeah. uh, the, uh, the people that are on board include uh, Doug Burgum, uh, North Dakota governor, former uh, New Jersey governor Chris Christie, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida, uh, and uh, Nikki Haley, a former ambassador to the United Nations, former Vice President Mike Pence, and Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, uh, and U.S. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Question, Jennifer, who among those would you think should drop out first? I think, you know, he has an interesting backstory, and... Some people seem to like him, but Doug Burgum is only making it because he's using uh, a kind of a loophole by giving away $20 gift cards in exchange for $1 donations. That's how he made the cut this time. And Aza Hutchinson is the only one that was there last time that's not this time. I think that, you know... Don't you admire so Burgum's... time that you can... Uh, I admire him using the rules to like still stay in the race and I do like his background but it's uh you you wonder does he have enough does he have enough juice to make it to you know he's he's governor of a very small populous state and uh no name ID does he have enough to make it the distance I don't know first one Chris I would is one that I want to kick out to go ahead go. what what who Chris Christie oh I like Chris Christie. I think he's entertaining. But the one I would like to see drop out of the race is the former vice president. I think yeah. Mike Pence is about as stimulating and as exciting as warm water. 
That is so true, Gary. Like, I was at the last debate in person, which was so fun. But every time he would start speaking, it would just be an energy killer in the room. I can't believe that guy was a radio success prior to, you know, his political career because I just don't get that feel. Yeah, I don't. I think he could probably make a great argument uh, and defend himself in the under the right circumstances. But as a as a um, as a, a, a politician, uh, as a candidate running for office, he is just uninspiring. So I'd like to see him go. Uh, so now we've we've eliminated two. If we have our own way, uh, what about? Um, uh, we got Bergam. Uh, what what about the most interesting ones were Haley, Vivek, and DeSantis are the ones that are most interesting to me to hear more from. You know, if if they can all agree, and somebody has to do this, the Republican National Committee, someone has to get these people together and go, look, here are the one or two candidates who at least stand a chance. The rest of you don't. If you drop out, whoever wins the 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 White House. We'll give you, you know, some high-profile position. And let's start whittling this thing down. Otherwise, you're diluting uh, the Republicans who are not looking for Trump. Yeah, and, and that's what the Democrats managed to do. But I think that the num- Trump is so far ahead that even if they got all of them to jump out, to drop out, it's unclear if the polls stayed where they were, Trump would still win. But so Trump would still have... Same? If uh, uh, we really only had like a DeSantis versus Trump matchup, I, I doubt it. Right. I think if you if you had uh, um, all of them getting behind one candidate, then Trump has to debate. And I think Trump should debate. I don't think he should run just on, hey, I was president and this is what I did. I want to know, can you hold your own against another Republican? I want to know, will you be able to hold your own against any Democrat? Uh, may not be Joe Biden. You may not be dealing with the addled Biden. You may be dealing with somebody who's young and energetic, and and you you got to show us you can do it. But it doesn't happen. He's indicating. I mean, he's. I think that's why he made this statement about abortion last week. Was it that he wouldn't have signed whatever ban it was to stand his sign, and people yeah. were pretty stunned by that? I think he's pivoting to the general election and he saw what happened in 2022 on that issue and how it would cost him too many votes and so he like a lot of politicians he's saying what he needs to say to win and he's already thinking ahead of the general election republicans on abortion need to need to explain where they stand and then they have to force the democrats to explain where they stand and I think yeah. what you will find is the extremism is on the part of the far left, the Democrats, who are in favor of abortion uh, up to the moment of birth and beyond. Well, Missouri, uh, that was an interesting thing reading the Judge Beatum's ruling. There are six different measures, and some of them have like 24 weeks. They all, one of them is up till the moment of birth. Yeah. Uh, so the voters will look to see how the voters in Missouri feel about the different measures if they all make the ballot. We're out of time, Jennifer. You're out of here. All right, Gary. Next week. See you then. Uh, all right, Jennifer Bukowski uh, with us. Thank you very much. Uh, we are going to uh, kick around a couple of more stories here uh, on the Gary Nolan Show that I think you're going to find fascinating, uh, including uh, one about this Cleveland. This is the Gary Nolan Show.
Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 874-9390-800-529-5572. That gets you into the studio. Or go to GaryNolan.com and uh, send a message. It will uh, pop up in the studio. Matt Gates was uh, on television. He was being uh, interviewed on uh, CNN. And apparently he corrected the anchor. And uh, they graciously dumped him. Here's how it sounded. To note that you you did vote against uh, the defense appropriations bill this week. That or no, I didn't. The, the rule. Uh, you're the, wrong. No, the rule you're, to that, Abby. Abby, this is going to be a very embarrassing moment when the internet uh, corrects you on this. I voted for the defense rule both times. Uh, well, I, I stand corrected. Congressman, appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We need to end this interview quickly. Get him out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Just like CNN to go on and present stuff as facts. I, I would argue she probably had a whole list of things that she was going to draw from that vote. And when he unplugged it, it was like, oh, oh so much to for see that. here. Got to go. And this just... segment is over. <laughs> <laughs> this is CNN. Oh, Lord. Um, all right, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. We've got a lot of other ground to cover. In Cleveland, apparently, kids are running away. Uh, there is a, a story in the Daily Mail, mystery, as nearly 50 school children go missing in Cleveland in September alone. Over 1,000 have vanished so far this year. In an alarming trend that left uh, that's left Ohio cops baffled. Look, I was raised in Cleveland. Maybe they're just tired of the poop that uh, Cleveland politicians crank out. Uh, the number of missing and runaway children in Ohio for 2023 is about twice that of other states that have uh, similar populations. And it's sparking panic. This month alone, 45 kids uh, have been reported missing in the Cleveland area. 1,072 have been reported missing since the start of the year. Uh, and, you know, some of these kids get found and they're brought back and they're, and they're accounted for. But they don't understand why it is that Ohio had nearly double the number of uh, runaways uh, compared to, say, Georgia, North Carolina, or even Illinois. And they all have between uh, 10 and 12 million people uh, for a population. Isn't that weird that one state would, would be just double what all the other states are? There is no answer to this, by the way. It's not a question that uh, you and I can answer. But it is rather peculiar that they're running away at, uh, at su in such great numbers. By the way, I'd asked Jennifer about uh, the Republican candidates, who should drop out uh, in the debate. And this is just in the debate. There are candidates out there who aren't in the debate. But in the debate, you've got uh, Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, Chris Christie from New Jersey, Ron DeSantis from Florida, Nikki Haley, United Nations, and Vice President Mike Pence along with Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina. Who of those would you like to see drop out? 
Who among those would you like to see drop out? If you're a Trump fan, you and this is Trump's greatest, uh, you know, this is the greatest gift for Trump. That uh, the, the opposition, the people who would rather, who want that nomination are spread so thin that nobody has a good number of support uh, or supporters. In order for there to be a real challenge, there's just, you got you got to whittle this list down. You can't have six or seven candidates being the anti-Trump candidates and one Trump. And this isn't just to, disrail, uh, to derail Trump. This is because you, you want choices. So who of those candidates, who among those candidates, would you like to see drop out? Would you like it to be Doug Burgum from North Dakota? Would you like it to see Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Tim Scott? Who in that list would you like to see drop out? 874-9390-800-529-5572. If just one of them uh, were to, to get the, the heave-ho... Who would it be? Now, I'm going with the vice president, Mike Pence. And it's not that I don't like Mike Pence. I think he's a nice guy. But he's boring. I have, I have no burning desire to sit down and chat with him. Nothing about him excites me. Nothing about his positions excite me. It's just a snooze. Ramaswamy, I'd love to sit down and talk with him. Maybe that's the way we should rephrase that question, Brian. Who among those candidates would you most like to sit down and have dinner with? Who among those candidates... Uh, you can take this either way. Who would you like to see drop out? Who among those candidates would you like to sit down and have dinner with? And while I'm initially a DeSantis uh, fan, I wouldn't mind... Uh, I think it would be fascinating to have a, a, a dinner with Chris Christie. I think it would be fun to meet Vivek Ramaswamy. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ask that question in, in two ways. Who would you most like to sit down and have dinner with among that crew? Who would you most like to see drop out of the race? Uh, if you choose, you can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. Brian, who would you like to sit down and have dinner with? <laughs> you say Chris Christie and dinner. That <laughs> well, you'd have to load your plate you first. A large if, table for that. If it's a buffet, yeah, you you, you don't want him. Uh, Can in I front choose of you. more than one? In my opinion, I think DeSantis and Ramaswamy should be the only two on that stage. DeSantis and Ramaswamy. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, let's see. Just heard the Gold Bar commercial on your show. Uh, Menendez could be a spokesperson. Yeah, I guess. All right, let me get Susan on the phone here. Susan, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Um, I would like to see Bergam, Pence, and Christie drop out, but I would like to have dinner with Vivek. <laughs> so, you think he'd be fascinating? You don't think you don't think uh, that uh, Chris Christie would be a fascinating uh, uh, dinner guest? I Yes, I do, and I and I'm along with Brian. It'd be a buffet, but um, I don't think he has a snowball's chance on winning. So I don't know. Yeah, there it doesn't and seem I'm like. Not, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it doesn't seem like there are people who have their hat in the ring that absolutely cannot win, and you wonder what the hell they're doing there. 
Oh, absolutely. All the time. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm with you. Interesting topic. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, like, what are they doing there? They know they can't win. Why are they sticking around? I, I guess they're hoping for miracles or something. Maybe they're waiting for that uh, one moment that occurs in the debate where everybody seems to, you know, so, jump on the bandwagon, so to speak. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Well, all right. You can call on that. Let us know who you think uh, ought to drop out. Did you hear what's going on down in uh, in uh, Texas where they've got all these uh, automatic uh, cars that are self-driving? I guess it's in Austin. I did not. They're causing traffic jams. What? Uh, they... The cars just won't get, they won't get out of the way, and they're all crowding in an intersection. Uh, shocking footage from Austin showing around 20 cruise-operated Chevy Bolts causing traffic mayhem. Quote, are you telling me they have no way to get out of this? A man shouts into the video, and it's all of these cars that are self-driven. I have no desire to get in a self-driven car. None whatsoever. Uh, they, they're just nowhere near ready for that. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know why they're putting them out on the streets. Terrible idea. All right. Uh, do you want me to get Dan before we go? Yes. All right. Dan, you're on topic, so you're next. Hey, I was at caucus training this weekend with the Republicans, and I felt like the skunk at the garden party. Um, the person I'd most like to see drop out is Donald Trump. And uh, I'm sorry, he's going to do too much damage to the Republican Party. And uh, who's my rising star is Nikki Haley. I would like to see it get down to Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis so we could differentiate those two. That's my opinion. All right. Dan, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. There are, you know what? A lot of those candidates would be great for VP. Tim Scott would make a terrific VP. Uh, if, if I'm uh, putting together a Republican ticket, I think he'd be outstanding. All right. We're up against the clock. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back and wrap it up on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 11.51. Glad to have you with us. Jennifer, uh, oh, not Jennifer. Uh, he, she's not next. Glenn Beck is next. Glenn Beck is coming up. Uh, Sean Hannity after that. Randy Tobler. Uh, talkers, uh, we've got them all right here. And the best ones that you're going to hear anywhere in town or, eh, frankly, anywhere in the country. And then tomorrow morning, Brandon Rathard, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Cannot miss the show. Entertaining, fun, informative, controversial. He, he wraps it all up into one. Uh, I, I want to be like him when I grow up. Really. Um, no, actually, I'm kidding. He is, he is good. He's really good. Uh, in the meantime, um, 23 Baltimore City schools, zero students tested proficient in math in 2022. Uh, they did an analysis of 150 Baltimore schools, 23 of them, including 10 high schools, 8 elementary schools, 3 high schools, and 2 middle schools. No students, none, met math grade level expectations. 
Wow, 2,000 students took the state-administered math exams that tested proficiency levels. It just sounds like these schools now have turned into essentially babysitters with no accountability. I'll bet those kids know how to put a prophylactic on. I'll bet they're familiar with transgender and, and different sexual positions. I suddenly had to clean that up, Brian, because I was going to say Thank something. Thank you for that. I appreciate just it. Just a little more explicit, but I, I better not. They could say it in school, but you, you can't yeah, say it you on can't the radio. Say it here, no. Yeah. Get your kids out of government schools. They are not doing their job. They're they're spending tons of money. In fact, uh, one of the teachers said, "It's not that we don't have the money. We got the money. We're just they're just not learning. They're not being taught." An additional 20 schools in the district had no more than two students proficient in math. Another three schools in the district, which are for uh, incarcerated students with dis- and students with disabilities, had no students that met grade level expectations. Seven percent of third uh, through eighth grade uh, students in uh, Baltimore City Schools met grade level expectations in math in 2022. It's looking pretty ugly. They got the money to do all that other nonsense. I'll bet those kids know everything there is to know about transgender and sex and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how the United States was such a horrible country right from its inception. We were, uh, you know, we were promoting slavery and and, uh, we're just an evil country. I'll bet they got that down, Pat. But do they really understand history? Do they really understand civics? Do they know the Constitution? Can they perform math? Can they read? Can they write? Well, no. But they got the sex thing down pat. How did it get so distorted? When did the left wake up and realize they could take advantage of education? In such a way as to indoctrinate instead of educate. Because somewhere along the line, that happened. You know, when my parents were in school, they were taught the basics. And there are some tests that I've seen going back 100 years, 100 years uh, from, from now, that I'm not sure I could pass. But those kids did. I would venture a bet there's probably not a high school in the country that is equipping their students, at least a government high school, that is equipping their students with the knowledge they need to succeed the way they were, say, in uh, the 1930s, 1940s. And somewhere along that line, somewhere in that history, the left found out They could take over. Part of me wonders if a lot of this didn't happen because of the Vietnam War. Lots of people did not want to go to Vietnam. They couldn't see any reason to go to Vietnam. It wasn't something that they saw as a true national threat. But there were ways you could get deferments. And one of them was to to get into education. And I think a lot of these anti-war protesters did just that, and most of them, I think, were left of center. 
So I'm not entirely sure how, and I'm not entirely sure when, but they absolutely did take over government education. And if your kids are in government schools, they're being indoctrinated. When they come out at the end of four years of high school, you won't even know they're your kids. Not politically. I got a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine who is a libertarian, whose kids uh, went to government schools. And they're, you know, they were, as, as young kids, very libertarian, very well informed about politics, but who, after four years of high school and four years of college, vote Democrat. They're very good at indoctrinating. I keep saying, get your kids out of there. Not a good idea. Got to get them out. But no, most of you have not. All right, uh, let me let me just say that uh, Professor Murray Sabrin is going to be with us tomorrow. And he's going to talk about the state of the economy. He's got a couple of other topics that he's written about that I'm interested in bringing on the program. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, we've got... Uh, the uh, Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft, coming on. Quick reminder, I want everybody to understand we're not bringing him on because he's a candidate. We're bringing him on because he is the Secretary of State, and I want to know what he thinks about current events, both in the state of Missouri and around the country. So uh, we've got that, and I believe the Epic Times. And if you get a chance, subscribe to the Epic Times. I'm telling you, it is a great source of information it's it's better than anyone out there because they are they're just an entire they're not they're not getting information from other places and putting them up on their website they have reporters that are actively following the news uh, and, and not just aggregating it and I'm telling you you're gonna you're gonna learn things that mainstream media will never cover so we'll have the Epic Times on tomorrow as well. Uh, all right, uh, I, I, I hesitate to uh, to get involved in another topic because I think I've only got about a minute left. Am I right? You only right? have ten seconds left. All right, we'll talk about uh, finances uh, tomorrow on the program, along with all of those other guests. We've got to run. Glenn Beck is next. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.